Hello and welcome back to the That's So Craven podcast. Well, after the international break, we're absolutely raring to go and we are back. This weekend, our Whites take on the richest club in world football, the Saudi-backed Newcastle, currently languishing 10th in the league. This game could really be a watershed moment for Fulham, with a win here surely cementing us firmly inside the top six, for now at least, but a loss making us wonder if the first seven games of the season were all just a wonderful dream. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts. First of all, Sam. How are you going, Sammy? Manically tired, but I'm happy to be here. Good stuff. And Elton, how are you, Elton? I'm fine, thanks. Good to be here. Good stuff. Uh, You might have heard us already this week. We've uh, put out a podcast early this week uh, with uh, Jack Stanley from Toon Underpod um, discussing the Newcastle game uh, from a Newcastle fan's perspective. And you might have heard Elton on their pod as well, which was released... Uh, on Thursday morning, uh, doing the same thing in reverse. So a lot of content for you this week. And uh, today we're going to talk about the upcoming Newcastle game um, and just look at it a little bit more in depth on the Fulham side of things. So um, look, let's start with the potential lineup changes. Sammy, I'll throw to you first. Obviously, we're without Palinia. That's going to be the big talking point here. Uh, In your opinion, who comes into that position and how do you change things around? Uh, look, I don't, I really don't like this. Okay, here's my unpopular opinion to start it out. And I know I'm going to get hate for this, but that's okay. I don't really like Tom Kearney in our side. I like him coming on in like the last 20 minutes of a game because I feel like he changes up, he slows the pace down. So I don't really want him to start. It's probably got to be Chalaba. And I don't I, I don't like that either. Also, I don't like I don't like the number 12 and that's that's like a bad omen for me i just don't like that um i think the smartest option would probably be to maybe stick Pereira with reed just because like from a pressing perspective he's probably the best option that could probably pair with him defensively because i don't i don't I know Silva is probably going to pull out something with Chalaba and I'm going to look like an idiot, but on paper, I don't like it. And I don't really want to be, I don't really want TC to be our main creative feeder. But one thing I do want is I really liked what Dan James did for Wales and I want him to start. So you sort of answered the question there, but then switched to Dan James. <laughs> who who actually, on point, who comes in for Palinia, Sam? Oh. Chalaba. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that, that was kind of where I went with with my selection. Elton, what are your thoughts? Because I know Chalaba's not everyone's favourite. For me, and I guess for Sam as well, he seems like the obvious selection. But what are your thoughts? So I think it turns on whether Robinson's fit or not. If he comes in, um, then I think we, we at least have some clarity in the back four. If he's not fit, for me, Tim Ream's got to play left back again. And um, whether, look, Chalabar is the CDM backup for Polinia. And there's a part of me that thinks he's injured, he's is suspended, whatever, we have to find out at some point whether he can do this between now and Christmas or January, whether he can do this or not. I don't know that 
Newcastle's the game to do it. Um, my my, I, I don't think I feel quite the same way as Sam about Tom Kenny, but as I mentioned last night, talking to the Newcastle guys, Tom Kenny starting does change the pace of our game, and it does tend to slow things down. And I'm not sure I love that, and I don't know that that works with what we're trying here. Um, I've got two other wild cards for that position. Um, can Diop step forward and do a job at CDM? I don't know. Um, Tim Ream, he's played CDM for Bolton. He knows how to play the position. Is he an option? Um, as we were talking offline, Jack, I, I, it's it's quite possible that Silverbacks, uh, Chalabani starts. Um, I'm nervous about that. But he, he's a bit unpredictable. What concerns me is that he, he kind of drifts out of the game. He's clearly skillful, right? But he worries me. He's not he's not a proven commodity at Premier League level. Yeah, I, I think you're right in, in where you started with that, saying that a lot of the selection decisions probably do hinge on Robinson's fitness. Um, because I've seen people mentioning Tim Ream as a potential for CDM. Seen people mentioning Diop as a potential there, uh, so I think if if Ream is pushed into left back, that that sort of negates all of that because then you'd see Diop and Tosin play at centre back, and so really that at that point there's only a couple of options, which would be Chalabar and Kearney, um, in some sort of formation. I'm not really sure how that would work, and if Reed would drop back into Palina's spot, and then. Kearney would sit where Reed was playing, sort of in a 6-8-10 kind of formation, with the six being the deepest as Palina, which Reed would then drop into, because we've seen Reed further up the field in the last few weeks. And I think that would probably suit Tom Kearney a little more. And Reed can possibly drop back. So it's not a straight swap Kearney for Palina, but it would still sort of work if that makes sense. Um I think we're going to see an adjustment to the system no matter what, because we don't have a like for like with Palinia. And that's that was something that at the end of the transfer window, we all sort of identified as a bit of a weak spot. We didn't really have anyone there. Um, we were hoping we'd sign an extra central midfielder who was more defensive minded, but we didn't. So this is the first time in the season where we're seeing that we have a bit of a weakness in terms of squad depth, because across the board, we've we've sort of been okay when looking at potential injuries, this is the first time I'm I'm a little bit worried for selections. So yeah, emotionally, emotionally, I'm like that. This game's really rocked me in terms of like my expectations for it have just completely changed because I don't really know how we play anymore without Pelinia. He's just been so much for us, and he's just been so integral to like the structure and way that we're playing. I don't really know how we get like the service that Mitrovic needs in the same way with it, without him. I don't, I don't know what Chalaba does. I don't know how Chalaba like solves our problem in this current state. Elton. A random fact before Vinicius became a striker, he was a, a CDM. <laughs> No, I, thank I, you. I, Although, I, to be fair, his his body work was pretty impressive every time he's come on. That's true. That is incredibly out of position. I, I wouldn't trust him to 
I like the idea, and I see some no, merit. No, there, I don't. I don't. No, I don't at all. I just well, threw his, a random. His hold up play and his. Def- I've not seen his defensive work, but in terms of using his strength to shield the ball and kind of shrugging players off, he he has a potential to do something like that. But I just don't think it would work. Can can BDR play there? Can BDR play there at all? I think you need to be physical to be in that position, and I don't. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I've seen Bobby just get blown over a couple of times. I, I wouldn't put him there. Absolutely. No. Speaking I, of, oh, sorry, go on. Personally, if Robinson was fit, I'd actually like to see Tim Ream there. I don't think that would be a popular um, view, but I'd actually, I think he could do an interesting job there. I don't think he's quick enough. Like I, it's one of the, it's one of the few times where, cause I, I don't really like the whole like, Tim Ream isn't quick enough argument, but I feel that like if you're playing in the central mid like area, you do you do need to be able to have a bit more pace than he's got to offer. I love him, but yeah, yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, I I don't think he's quite suited for it in the Premier League. In the Championship, he might have been able to step into that spot, but yeah. in the Premier League, I'm not too sure. So look, we've we've sort of covered off on the back line here, and I guess the midfield as well. But there's another question around who plays on the wing. So you would have seen Harry Wilson is back in training, I think more so than Anthony Robinson is. So I think Wilson's probably more of a chance to at least make the bench this week than it appears. I think Robinson maybe, we're recording on Tuesday. I think on Wednesday he had his first session by the looks of things. Mm. I think Wilson has potentially been back around the squad a little bit longer than that. Um for you guys, who starts on the wing? I said it before. I want James. Like, I, I re- really underscored it for me in the brief snippets that I saw from, like, the Wales game. Obviously, it's highlights. But, like, he – like, and obviously, I don't get, like, a full sense of, like, what he does or, like, what he's going to bring. But I, I feel like he's got something. He's got a point to prove. I want to see him start. I feel like if there was a game for him to start, I feel like it's this one because this is going to be a pretty thrashy, counter-attacky, pacey kind of affair. That's my thoughts. So the the question is, you know, again, an awful lot pivots on Robinson for me because if Tim Ream, if Robinson is not available, I say Tim Ream goes back to left back. He did a good job. Um, But that probably means that Bobby Decadova-Reed gets a start as he's pair and back up down the left um just to give him give him another um mm. not dimension but but a, a helping hand um you know what are our options on the right hand side cabana's got a knock in international he's injured i'm not sure how serious it is but he is injured uh so that leaves you with Willian, harry wilson i i'm struggling to believe that harry wilson's ready to start i don't think harry wilson's starting I don't think they're going to do that. And even if he's such an important player, even if he is looking great on the training field, he'll come off the bench, no no doubt about it. So to me, on the right, realistically, it's between Willian and Dan James. And I think it's Dan James' moment for different reasons to you, but I really think it is his moment. What are are your reasons? What are your reasons for Dan James? Well, I I think think, um, Silva isn't one for sentiment. And mm. I just want to see Dan James run because I love fast runners. He's... But it's not that. That's not why I want. 
like I know I like know what you I know what you I know where you're going here, but like that's not the reason why I wanted him. Obviously, he's really fast, but like um I he was doing some really decent crosses. Um he had like some really great composure. There was a bit in um the Wales um Poland game where essentially it was a repeat of last week. He got up the field and then he tried to throw the ball in, but this time he didn't get it, but then he went again and he just looked so much calmer and he just looked like so much more composed and so much more ready and confident. And I want to see that. Well, I think James has only had bits and pieces and he's, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's enormously difficult to come off the bench and impose yourself, God forbid, have an impact and maybe be, yeah, it's huge, you know, so I think if he gets a start, mm. that's an entirely different prospect, and he will get a start at some point. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is probably the fixture where it happens. I think Dan James for me is a good option to start, mm. but I really love what he brings off the bench, and we did see it against Forest towards the end. There, he totally fluffed it when he yeah. was one on one with the keeper, had no idea what to do because I think he obviously got instructions to go and take the ball to the corner, but found himself one-on-one with the keeper and went, well, fuck, I mean, I'm one-on-one with the keeper. I should go for it. But the fact that he got in behind so easily there shows what he can do against tired legs. And we know that this Newcastle defence is not the fastest. We know that they've got a few injuries and some of the players are coming back from injury. As much as I'd like to see him start because I think he's got talent, the him coming off the bench potentially when it's you know, nil-nil or one-all with 20 minutes to go, he can come off the bench and change a game. I don't know if he'll change the game by starting as much as he would by coming off the bench. You could potentially gas him and then we could have that brilliant bit of je ne sais quoi that um, William brings in the second half. I reckon that could be cool. I reckon that could be a good little piece of sauce. I think the the, the truth is we, we just haven't seen enough of him in Fulham, I, I know we know what he can do outside of Fulham. I haven't seen enough of him. What, one thing I was going to say is that we've spent an awful lot of time talking about, you know, what ifs all around our injuries, and we've essentially got, you know, we, we've already got over Wilson and Solomon being out, but we've now got uh, Pelinia and potentially Robinson. And and think about how big an impact that's having on the tactics and the selection decisions and the balance of our side. But Newcastle have really big problems, and they've got their very best players injured or recently injured and coming back and possibly not fully mm. fit. So I actually think they're, they're not a rubbish side. They have actually haven't had great results. Um, but we might have, might be lucky here in, in hitting them potentially with out a striker this week. Well, look, let's talk about the Newcastle lineup. I'd say most weeks we probably wouldn't have the insight that we actually do have this week based on the fact that we've both spoken with a Newcastle podcast. Um, 
as as you said, there's some big injuries. We talk about Isak not getting a game. We talk about um, Alanson Maximan being injured. Th- these are guys coming back from injury. There's also the fact that Bruno Gamares, who is probably going to start, did get injured whilst on international duty, so he's not going to be at his full potential. Um, it, it's interesting looking at the lineup that they they gave us, and they said that Newcastle would probably be going with because it doesn't look the strongest lineup. I'd ha- I have to say, it's it's not a terrible lineup, but when I'm looking at you know Pope in goal, who just had an absolute nightmare for England, and then we're looking at Target, Dan Byrne, both ex Fulham players who we decided against retaining or signing. Shah is having a great season and Trippi is a brilliant right back. So there, there's some good players there, but it's not like a world-beating team, not by any means, which with the money that Newcastle have pumped in recently, you kind of expect a little bit more from, from a team like this and you know a team that's probably looking to push into the top six. Mm. No, I think you're right. I mean, Wilson and like um, a revitalised Joe Linton... I I can just I can see Joel Linton for me just doing something just really kind of like catching our central mid in a really annoying way. I feel like the goals that are going to get scored. I don't know how many goals or if any goals are going to get scored, but I know I'm going to get annoyed. I know I'm getting like this screams annoying goal or annoying referee decisions. This game screams that to me. So one of the things we talked about or the the guys from Toon Under talked about was their sort of frustration with their wingers in that um, both Fraser and Miggy kind of flatter to deceive. There's, there's, there's lots of activity and they love running at defenders, but there's very little end product. And so, you know, Fraser's been around forever. We know what he has and he, he can be a nuisance, but they don't scare me. You know, um, I, I I would be Kenny Tete versus Fraser. I'm, I'm comfortable there. Um, Kenny Tete versus... has four yellow cards at the minute. Yeah, so I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be playing a safe game. Well, how do you do that? Ugh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you really do that. But I feel that like I think he's going to be very aware. Or Silver, at least, is probably going to drill in him. Just be like, wait, I can't lose you as well. It's really difficult, though. I mean, he's a certain style of play, and we rely on him to be Mm. that very, very, um, you know, a guy gets involved in tackles. And, you know, he's always, he's he's always, not, I won't say he's diving in, but he's always very, very, very involved. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that he can so easily tone that down. Oh, totally. All I'm just saying is I feel that, like, I mean, Eddie Howe's not an idiot. I think he's a very good coach. And I feel that he would probably be very aware that Tete has four yellow cards. And they will probably, if I was if I was a Premier League coach, God forbid, but if I was a Premier League coach, I'd be utilizing that information and maybe trying to... Um, use that to my advantage. You know, I, I don't see Kenny Tete as a guy that can be enticed or antagonized in no. scrap. He's he's more likely to just be really up for it. And if you know and, and if a guy's broken past him, he'll chase him down and kind of come in from the side 
With, That's what I'm worried about. With, though. with with that big slide where you go, oh yeah, I know he's got lots of the ball, but yeah. he actually probably hasn't. Um, with that powerful, sexy thigh that yeah. will just smack you like a truck. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have thought about it in those terms, but okay. <laughs> but, uh, we bring we bring different things to this book. So the other the other basically the guy that they thought was their most commanding player when he's on, uh, will be Bruno. Um, really? Over Callum Wilson? Oh, yeah. Um, Callum, Callum Wilson, he's 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 annoying how consistent he actually is. Um, oh, he's not in the same class as Bruno. I'm not overly familiar with Bruno as like a player. Tell, tell me, tell me, tell me the tune. Oh. Thoughts about um, him. Neither am I, but he's, you know, he's world-class um, from my understanding or... or I believe he starts for for regularly for Brazil. Anyone who starts regularly for Brazil is probably uh, going to be an obvious pick for me. But apparently, he's, he's a very very commanding and has been um, in midfield. So if he's bossing the middle, um, I would have been very comfortable and probably looked forward to the duel between him and Polinia. But oh. without Polinia, that is. You know, for their most um, effective player to be in midfield is mm. uh, adds to my anxiety. Is there like, uh, I mean, I mean, who's to say Silver doesn't go for a completely different style of game here, and we revert back to less um, powerhouse play that we've been doing in the past couple of weeks, and then just kind of like evolve into a really beautiful passing side is that is that is that an option that we can do if we potentially um switch up um Pereira and put TC there and then maybe start William as we were talking before and then we just completely um outclass them with touch is that an option that silver might take i wouldn't have thought so in any chance in the world i mean he i think he's onto something he's trying to perfect it he's getting setbacks with un- with player availability, but it's fragile because we simply don't have the numbers. Mm. But I don't think he really, really wants to mess around with this very much at all. So to actually switch it up completely and go to uh, our championship style of play where we hold possession, pass the ball around, and then kind of decide when we're going to make a move forward. I, I cannot see it. I think I think the the way in which we want to play this year has been set. And I think he will he will make adjustments and probably some compromises in terms of slight formation changes, but I don't think style. That that's just my take. I I, I, I think he I think he's starting to believe in the system. I think you're right. Yeah look I, I think if you look at who's probably going to be selected, I, I know we're talking about some changes happening, but realistically, we're still going to have Mitra up front, Pereira at attacking mid, two attacking wingers. There's going to be a few little changes in the middle, but I don't think it's going to be enough to change the style. Um, yeah. I think you you have Tim Ream step in at left back. He'll still play in the same way that Robinson was playing before just not quite as well. I don't think we changed our style just because we had what is effectively a major injury that that changed our 
unusual starting lineup. I think that's probably why for me Chalaba comes into that position because realistically he wants to try and keep what is working flowing. And I think if you try and mess around with it too much and play Ream in central defensive midfield and maybe Kazawa at left back because you're wanting to be a little bit smart and tricky with it, you probably throw out everything because you're going to have to change system at that point as well because you're playing people completely out of position. And we saw what happened when you played Mbabu out of position. Things things don't work. So it's better to play people in position, even if they're not as talented because they know the system really well, they stick with the system, you're more likely to see a a good result come from it. Are we pretty much convinced that Tim Ream's going to be playing left back? Look, I, I think so. No, we don't I, I, I don't know. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're recording this actually later than we have recorded previous podcasts. So uh, the, the um, the what's it called? The press conference that Silver gives pre-game will happen on Friday, Friday afternoon sometime. So we'll get a better understanding then. This podcast will probably come out before then. But... I think it's it's really tough to say that Robinson looks fit enough based on what I've seen. I think he's maybe had one session. Uh, I think that's not going to be enough to get him a start. I don't think we're, I just don't think we're desperate enough to actually warrant that. Mm. Yeah, fair call. So look, we, we've covered the lineups fairly extensively now. I think we've got a better understanding of, of what we think both teams are going to look like on the day. Um, uh, it's going to be tough to work out exactly the style each side's going to play in. I think with quite major players out, I think there's going to be a lot of standing off during the game. I don't think mm. either side is going to be confident with the 11 that they actually put out, that it's their full starting 11. And so it's going to be quite an interesting game. And I think there's going to be a lot of feeling out in the first 20 minutes. I don't see any goals happening early in the game because I think everyone's going to be quite careful about how they go about things. But then I, I, I'm sensing an explosion maybe just before halftime or after halftime, I'm sensing there's going to be goals. I want to know your guys' thoughts on the scoreline for the game because we, we've now spoken about this on two different podcasts. This is the third different podcast, and I think every time we talk about it, the predicted scores that we're giving actually completely change every single time. So, um, <laughs> Sammy, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on on the scoreline for the game? Uh, it's either going to be chaos or it's going to be completely boring, isn't it? It's either going to be like, I really feel like it's either going to be nil or it's going to be like 4-2 or something like that. Uh, that's that's really... I, I can totally see both happening. That's that's the interesting thing about this yeah. game. And it's it's what um, Jack on the Tune Under podcast mentioned as well, saying, you know, it's, it's there's a potential here for this to be a basketball game of just back and forth, back and forth all day long. So, Elton, what are your thoughts on the scoreline for this one? Yeah, I think I've been quite schizophrenic on this last week. <laughs> I uh, I had um, all kinds of views, and then I found out that Polinia was out, and then I've started looking at injuries and their injuries, and I, you know, I really don't know where I am. Um, last night I predicted uh, two all, which probably is is kind of where I think I'd be pretty happy coming out of this game. But honestly, if it ended up 4-1 or 1-all, I, I, could, I couldn't, I honestly can't call it, but I'm going to go to 2-all. Do you know what I will say, actually? I've just because, again, the chaos of this episode and just talking about scorelines has made me think about this. Both teams are leaking goals quite extensively. 
I reckon this is going to be chaotic. I'm saying 4-2. Because I think Mitrovic is definitely going to score, and I feel like they're definitely going to get some past us. Oh, Mit- Mit- Mitro, surely he's definitely. he's going to be pumped to score. Oh yeah, he just he just scored three for Serbia, four in two games for Serbia. Um, mm. And obviously, big con- congrats to Mitro as well on on hitting his fiftieth goal for Serbia, which is just incredible. Um, oh, his yeah, his maybe. statistics for the year are insane. He's the second highest scorer in twenty twenty two, only behind Haaland. Um, Mm. And you know, played against Ireland as well, and outscored him on the weekend. So, not on the weekend yeah. during the week for the international break. So, yeah, for for me, you know, when we were talking about the upcoming six games previously, I was looking at most of these games and seeing wins, but knowing that there are going to be some draws in there, uh, I have a feeling that this one is going to turn into a draw. I think it's probably going to be. I'm going to say like a one-all draw. I think there are going to be goals, but I'm just wary that both clubs don't want a bad result here because it's an important game for both teams. You know, Newcastle are really struggling for points. Their their performances have been good, but they're struggling for points. Um, So they're going to be wanting to take something away from this game, but also wary of actually losing this game because if they lose this one, there's a bit of pressure on at that point. Uh, you got one win after eight games. If I was a Newcastle fan, I know they're all being quite positive about it, but one win from eight games is not going to get you in the top half of the table towards the end of the season if you continue that form. I know they've got injuries and, and not able to put out a full starting 11 that they'd want to be putting out each week, but you know, the, these, this team just doesn't look good enough to be winning games week in, week out, and they're not getting the results. So I think Palinia is a big loss for us, and I think the potential for Robinson not starting as well is a big one, meaning that I don't think we're going to be quite as settled either. So I, I see, I do see goals. I feel like it could easily be a three-all game or a two-all game or a one-all game. It's not going to be a nil-nil. At least it doesn't feel like it's going to be a nil-nil. Um, so I, I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go with one-all, though. Um, but like we've all sort of said, and it is, it does feel a bit schizophrenic, this this game could go anywhere. I really, it's really tough to pick. I think when we look at the games that we've got coming up after this, in you know Bournemouth and some of those other teams that are around that sort of similar level, things look a lot a lot clearer. This Newcastle game, I, I really, I can't can't predict it. It's tough. I wonder. I wonder if the thinker that Silver is and the tactician that he is. I wonder if he's thinking these guys must be absolutely gagging for points and looking mm. to win and they're going to come at us and we're just going to hold them off, hold them off, and then it'll open up and then we'll hit them. You know, yeah. may, maybe that's your your halftime explosion, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I, again, what we, we talk about that, but surely Silver's having these same schizophrenic thoughts i mean you're going they're going to be wanting to go for a win but also they're under strength so are they going to be actually sitting back and just making sure they get something out of the game like it's but then palina's out so do you push harder because one of the key players is out but then we don't have the attacking force that we usually would so maybe it's safer to sit back like it's it it really could go each way and you kind of feel for the managers who have to go through this each week and and also the fact that their job's on the line based on this. Their their income is based on making decisions that we're sitting here just having a, having a good yarn about, and we can't even make a decision. 
and we're not the ones actually doing it. This game for me is like the equivalent of when somebody that you find attractive messages you and then you message them back and then you don't hear back for like three days and then you just turn it into everything that it could possibly be and then your brain just melts. That is this game for me. Yeah. No, kind of feels like that for me. <laughs> um, well, spare a thought, A, you're worried about how complex this is. They earn more money than you. That's what they do. True. And B, I'm much more comfortable with Marco Silva working the chess pieces out than our previous friend. Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, you, my God. It's not it's like night and day. Well, well he, he, because uh, Parker, let's be honest, Parker would have come out a little bit under power. He would have gotten so defensive and from the outset would have given himself no chance of winning the game. Parker would have put the number eight on again, put himself in the starting lineup and gone, I can do that. Well, maybe not. And he would sit back for the entire game as well. Uh, I think we can all agree that we, uh, I, I put full faith in Silva. I think it it yeah. showed as well. There are a lot of people at that for the last game where we saw Tim Ream coming in at left back going, oh, not sure about this. And I have to say as well, there's a lot of people, myself included, when you see Cabano and Decadova Reed starting games on wings as well, sort of going, oh, I'm not really sure if this is going to work, but Silva always makes it work somehow. So mm, totally. you kind of have to just put your faith in him when he makes a decision and go, yeah, I, I, I trust him and I trust that he's he's really thought about it. And he's obviously, you know, he, he would potentially have been thinking before the international break, we're not going to have Robinson for the next game. So what are we going to do? And potentially Diop's been staying with, he didn't go on international duty, neither did Tim Ream. So he actually had time to work with those guys. And maybe Diop does play in defensive midfield because he spent time on the training field going through the motions and learning that position. So it's it's a tough one to call. I, I'm I'm just looking forward to watching the game this weekend. I think it's going to be a ripper. No, yeah. I'm not sure if you picked up Jack. Um, did you did you see that Cabano's uh, got a knock? I did see that he's got a knock, but it didn't look serious. Like I don't think there was much sort of being said about it, apart from he got a knock and came off. Um, I'd say because the I don't think those games in Africa were competitive games i think they're all friendlies the games in europe have all been competitive games so people have pushed their players a little bit harder because they're nations league games i think the games in africa were all just friendlies and so i'm pretty sure if there were any sort of worries if he got a slight knock they wouldn't have had him try and push through and play through it they would have just taken him straight off so i i haven't seen anything else to say that it's anything that would potentially put his selection in doubt this weekend but you know, if he's got a slight knock and Wilson's coming back from injury, you'd probably just pop Wilson in anyway um, over Cabano if they're both at that sort of same level of fitness. Interesting as well, I've just seen something on Twitter. Um, over the weekend, Silver's team played Watford in a behind-closed-doors friendly and won 2-1. Yeah, I saw that. And Vinicius scored both goals. Yeah. Uh, I mean... From... from... From defensive midfield, <laughs> I mean, he's never he's never going to get a start over Mitro realistically, but well, yeah. but it's good to it's see the... that he's playing games, and when he does play games, he is scoring goals. That that's what we want to see. We want to see those guys getting yeah. out there and getting minutes. 
Uh, I mean, I'm always a little bit worried because we saw Solomon playing one of those behind closed doors games and they <laughs> lost him for six months. So a little <laughs> worrying, but at the same time, good to see Vinicius getting minutes and good to see him scoring. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. So look, we've we've given our predictions for the game. Sammy, you're going to be up and watching this one this week. What time is it? I think we've got a midnight. Oh no, 10 p.m. start for us. So midnight start for you. Oh, 10 p.m. Oh, midnight start. I think I I, I think I do actually have an, um, a a pre-existing arrangement that I need to get to. But I I imagine I'm probably going to be around for that. I might be a bit drunk as well, so that might make it even more. No, we'll definitely be muting the group chat at that point. And uh, Dad, what are we thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it for sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, well, we'll hopefully try and get together and watch the game together because it's been it's been a little while now since we've been able to watch a game together because we've had a couple of late mm-hmm. night ones and uh, it's going to be going to be a really exciting game. I'm really looking forward to this game, probably more than any other game this season, even though I'm not confident that we're 100% going to get a win. I just feel like this is going to be one of our first proper tests against a side who we're sort of now competing for those upper mid-table spots with. So I'm really looking Mm. forward to this one. I hope you guys are too. I'm sure you guys are. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, look, let's, um, let's end the pod there. And what we'll do is aim to put out something, you know, either Sunday or Monday just to recap the game and talk through how everything went. Hopefully we'll be talking about a great Fulham win. Um, We'll still get together even if it's not a great Fulham win though. So, Sammy, thanks so much for your time today. Well, tonight. Sorry it's been such a late one. That's okay. And I also just want to give a shout out to the littlest, most recent member of the Fulham community, uh, my new nephew. I'm not going to say his name because I'm not going to post it out there, but... I know my sister's not going to ever listen to this, but I just wanted to put that out there just for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definite new little uh, Fulham fan in the family. Sammy, you'll have to get your, buy him your annual kit. So, mate, we're building a dynasty. Before there was only three of us. Now there's five. We're we need, building. Need we're someone building. to take over the podcast. At some point. Two, of, two of them don't know about it yet. Uh, one of them definitely does and went full kit wanker to daycare today. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elson, thanks again for your time tonight. My pleasure. And uh, well done on the Tune Under pod. It was a really enjoyable listen. If you guys haven't had a chance to have a listen to it before, uh, go on, uh, jump on Twitter. There's links for it. We shared the link on our Twitter page earlier today. Uh, It's definitely worth a listen just to get the Newcastle perspective, but also just to dig a bit deeper and hear some chat from Elton with, uh, with a rival podcast. Well, not a rival podcast, another podcast down under which we love we love supporting the podcast down under because that's what we are and um no it was really enjoyable um definitely make sure you go and have a listen so once again everyone thank you for listening uh we'll be back early next week with a newcastle review and uh come on you whites (laughs) 